This is the West Michigan Sports Show, presented by the United States Air Force. Now, here's your host, Brandon Worth. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome into the West Michigan Sports Show, presented by the United States Air Force. Brandon Worth bringing you today's episode. Glad you all have tuned in this fine afternoon, whether you're live on WBRN, 1460 AM, 107.7 FM, or online at WBRN or the WBRN app, or even if you're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, if you're a post-produced listener, we love you just as much. So make sure that you subscribe for this show, so you don't miss out on any of the great shows we have coming up here in the future and speaking of great shows have a fantastic one for you today we finally break down big rapids hockey season with broadcaster josh baker we'll get to that interview in just a minute as well as we'll break down some of the teams that have made it from the local area to the state quarterfinals in basketball for girls and boys and to finish out the show I have been tasked with debating the top five concession stand foods, and I think I have some hot takes. You're going to want to stick tuned for that later on in the episode. But before we get into the interview, I want to pay some bills and thank those that make our show possible. Those include Johnson's Automotive, the Schuberg Insurance Agency, Altercare, Big Rapids, Quality Car and Truck Repair, Paris Auto Sales and Service of Big Rapids, the Macasasola Transit Authority, and the Macasasola Career Center, as well as our private primary sponsor, the United States Air Force. Thank you all for making this show possible. But without further ado, it's time to talk Cardinal hockey with Josh Baker. Just starting off with the overall question, obviously uh, the team finishing 13 and 13 on the year, obviously 500 um, can be better, can be worse. What were your overall thoughts and observation for how the season went? I think they kind of exceeded expectations um, coming out of last year, losing 10 seniors and three of them being your top goal scorers and one of them being your lone goaltender. They were going into the season with new goalies, uh, only three seniors, and they ended up having a loaded uh, bottom part of their, their lineup with six freshmen and, and three sophomores. And one of them being a freshman goaltender that really, really kind of took over with Cooper Flax. And they've got two guys that were juniors that were exchange students, both Paul Renner from Germany and, uh, Quinn Allen from the Netherlands. And so for a team that you've got two exchange students coming in, you've lost your goalie and your top three goal scorers. They really played very well and exceeded my expectations going into the season coming off of an eight and 16 and one season. They, they really turned it around and I think they played very well. Um, they were very streaky and uh, that middle part of the season where they ended up, I think winning six of seven games and a few of them being some big ones being uh, a comeback game against Cadillac and then beating the Bay reps who were the number eight team in the state at that time, number three in division three, those, those games really kind of showed what this team can do. And, and I think they, they really matured and, and learned how to play the high school hockey level and they'll take, everyone but five into next season and and it'll be a, a good year for sure for big rapids hockey going into 2023 for sure and you mentioned some of those big wins obviously bay reps was a huge one and then saint francis as well at home a team that finished the year on the right foot with 17 wins just talk about the team's ability to really step up overall in that season and play really good hockey against some of these top quality clubs yeah they uh we kind of called them the comeback kids for a while because it felt like they they would kind of 
feel out a situation, find themselves down a, a couple of goals and then be able to bounce back. And, and they showed it when we were down in Detroit on our last trip to end the season against Utica at Ford Unified and St. Clair Shores Unified, two teams that were, were pretty solid overall and got ahead of them early. Utica Ford Unified got on them and uh, I think it was 4-1 in the second period or even, yeah, it was early in the second period, 4-1, and they came back and tied it and won it in overtime, the only overtime game that they played the entire season. And then against St. Clair Shores Unified, they were down 2-1 to one and got uh, the benefit of a five-minute major power play and ended up scoring some goals on that to come back and win 4-2. And they were kind of riding this high before the Gross Point South and Traverse City West games. And then Midland Dow was a similar one where I don't think they were down, but just a closer game than they expected against Midland Dow who had an off year after winning the state championship last year. And that was their senior day. They won three, one going into the Granville game and over in, uh, in the playoffs. And they thought they were going to do it again in the playoffs with the comeback story down two nothing and scored one goal with two and a half minutes left, but an empty netter uh, didn't allow them to move on. And so they, they played against some really good competition. There are some other teams here and there that get sprinkled in that are, are kind of walkthroughs for them, but, they start the season off going up to the Sioux and playing Lakeland and Milford. And those aren't easy games. And the Cadillac games aren't, aren't easy as well. And they kind of showed last year that they could kind of walk over Cadillac, but Cadillac's team this year was really good and started out nine and Oh, and then they were able to give them their first loss or not their first loss, but one of their main losses in January with that three, one win on the road in Cadillac. That was right before the reps game. And the team just battles. They, they grind it out and find a way to keep themselves in games. They never really were down a lot, except for really the forest Hills, Northern Eastern game where they lost five, nothing. That's about it. Really. They, they had the Bay reps game early on that where they got mercy, but that was one of those, those games where you Bay rep showed why they were a top 10 team in the state. And so this team just, they were able to face adversity and, and kind of push forward and, find a way to play for themselves and play for their team and, and win some games. For sure. And obviously this team, a lot of talented players, as you mentioned, even though despite losing a lot of seniors from last year's team, uh, obviously Cooper Flax was one of the ones that was been highly mentioned. Uh, some of the others, like the lighter twins, who were some of the other players that you thought really stepped up their game and showed that they have a huge potential for this team in the next coming years? I know Tanner Flax showed some signs when he was a uh, sophomore and this was his junior season. Obviously it said that he's captain, but he, he led the team in goals and, and points. And, and that was a, a great season for him with 21 goals, 17 assists for his 38 points. And, but the, the other ones that started to impress me more and more were um, junior defenseman, Jack Balahoski, who he just has great vision and, and awareness. And they moved him back from wing to defenseman and, he ended up being able to see the ice better, find plays better and had 16 goals and 14 assists in, in his junior year. And another one that really impressed me was a uh, freshman Wyatt Scarra who had 15 goals and 16 assists. Those are the the three guys who had double digit goals for, for the, for the Cardinals and were all in 30 points. And uh, Scarra just as a freshman stepped in and, and really made a, his presence known and, so the, those guys really impressed me out, out the gate. Um, Brogan Jones had a good turnaround season point-wise. When you just look at the statistics, he went from, I think, one assist last year to two goals and 15 assists this year. That just kind of shows that he's starting to get some more minutes. He's He knows he's able to find guys on that blue line and on the power play, get shots through for tips and rebounds and stuff. 
Um, but those guys all really impressed me. There were still some other freshmen too that didn't add up the point totalage like Scarra did, but started to to get in there and and guys like Brody Osowski, um, three goals and seven assists was was fantastic. Um, and then I, uh, Isaac Zacco, sophomore on the uh, blue line, he just showed that he had some good skill with with stick handling and finding plays. Had a couple of really nice assists. He finished with three goals and eight assists. And then the the Carter and and Logan Leiter twins, those guys really turned it around from their junior year into their senior season. Three goals and two assists for Carter Leiter, which doesn't sound like a lot, but had some clutch moments. And then Logan Leiter with four goals and six assists, two of those coming in the senior day um, against Midland Dow. Those were big for for the team to kind of get that win to go up 13 and 12 on the season. And also Tyler Blanchard, a guy who after last year, I think he lost about 40 pounds, gained a bunch of muscle, didn't get the points that I think I know he wanted seven goals and seven assists, but he was just a force to be reckoned with and probably has one of the hardest shots I've ever seen at the high school level. Absolutely. And kind of the final question to wrap it up here. Appreciate your time, Josh. When you look at the outlook for this team, obviously next year, obviously we're looking at a lot of the great things that they can continue on, but also what are some of those things that you could see this team getting better at and especially the ceiling for this team this upcoming year? I think they're just going to, they're going to learn their system. I know with coach Blaschel and with, uh, with coach Flax and with coach Klein, they, they have a certain system that they, they like to run and, and, these guys are going to be able to learn how to play that system. I, they got away from it a little bit. The guys just start to miss their assignments and everything. And it's just the X's and O's really. It's just getting your mindset right. That you can remember who you need to pick up, where you need to be, what the play needs to happen and, and stuff like that. And they started to get a little antsy. I could see it a few times uh, throughout their games where guys would just start throwing pucks up the boards because they, they were feeling pressure that wasn't there. And I think as they get used to that speed of the high school level, like a lot of these rookies, a lot of these young guys, once they get used to the level of play, they'll, they'll be really good. And so that's what I think it's going to, is going to come next year is these guys are going to be able to learn the system, get used to how fast the game is now coming from Bantam level uh, travel and Bantam level house or something like that. And, And going to that high school level, it's, it's a much faster pace and, I could see the lack of awareness from some players early on, but everyone seemed to develop and hoping that next year, some of these guys can, uh, can get healthy. Like Preston young had some knee injuries and, and Freddie Ortiz had a shoulder injury, I think early on. So those guys, two players that will most likely be returning that missed at least eight, nine games, seeing those guys come back as a, as a senior and a sophomore, that'll be good for, for the Cardinals. So there you have it, Cardinal hockey in a nutshell. Thanks to Josh Baker for coming on the show, and we wish the Cardinals the best luck going into next season. We'll take a quick break when we come back. Boys State Final Basketball on deck, as well as concession foods that I like and don't like. Don't go anywhere. 
Welcome back here to the West Michigan Sports Show. Now we're talking boys and girls postseason basketball. We're getting to the state quarterfinal rounds, and there are some local teams on both sides that are still alive. And one of those on the men's side is the Cadillac Vikings, the winners of the District 35, and I can add the loaded District 35 bracket, after taking down Hart a whopping 56-32. to 32. Coach Besenberg's squad was playing some great basketball that Friday night, but they were able to advance to Region 9 and win Region 9 after taking down two very good ball clubs in Standish Sterling and King. Kingsford by 22 to advance to the state quarterfinal round, which will be coming up here on March 21st, where they'll take on the Saginaw Trojans, 20 and 6 on the year, in order for a chance to play on Michigan State's Breslin floor. How cool would that be for that team? But certainly with the depth that they had this year, certainly could know that they were going to be a team to be in the district, and they certainly showed that and definitely will be rooting them on as they continue their march towards the state final. Appearance. Another team that made it after a district win was the Fremont Packers, District 41 champions by the virtue of a really close battle in that Friday night district final where they were able to beat Sparta at Comstock Park 57 to 55 and advance to the regional 11 semifinal round where they would eventually fall to the hands of Hudsonville Unity Christian, a team that made it through the regional round and now will be taking place in quarterfinal number six in division two moving into division three certainly district 70 was the one to watch with the McBain Ramblers coming out on top from Holton Lake defeating the ever Wildcats who snuck their way into the final and gave the Ramblers all they could handle but McBain certainly controlled their own destiny and did all the way up until the regional 18 final where they would fall to a Traverse City St. Francis team that has now eclipsed 22 wins on their season already And we'll be looking to add the 23rd in the quarterfinal round coming up on the 21st against St. Ignace from Gaylord. But some other notable teams around as well. We saw a run from Sanford Meridian as well, who eventually ran into St. Francis in that semifinal regional round, as well as Montebello made it all the way to that regional semifinal round where they would end up falling to Granville Calvin Christian in that game. So rounding out the boys action division four as well. Baldwin and Misik, two D-League powerhouse teams, made it all the way through their district tournament bracket. Both of them would eventually fall in the regional semifinal against some really tough teams. Baldwin falling in the regional 29 semifinal against Wyoming Tri-Unity who will be advancing to the quarterfinal round in the state sector this upcoming weekend, as well as Misik fell in a really tight-knit game against Lake Leelanau St. Mary, falling 56-55 to for the Bulldogs squad. Moving on over to the women's now, certainly was watching the Big Rapids Cardinals making a big run this year, which unfortunately would fall to the hands of a good Houghton squad that will be representing in that quarterfinal five bracket from Region 9. But certainly some other notable teams as well that did excellent this year from around the area. One notable, the Hart Pirates. What a season the Hart Pirates had in basketball making it to the district final for the first time in many years and the boys' side and the women's side making it all the way to the state semifinals where they fell at the hands of Hemlock at the Breslin Center 57-26 but still a fantastic run for Hart winning Region 19 as well.
well as the District 73 title. Certainly a great year for the Pirates overall. And one team they had to take down on the way was the Kent City Eagles. 37-34, that regional final game was a heartbreaker for the Eagles and certainly had a great season for them, making it that far and really a quality ball club. Lake City, a team that was notably represented on 9 and 10 News for their journey long in the season, would eventually fall to the hands of Hemlock in the regional 18 final after a dogfight that used overtime to decide that one. But also in Division 4, the Comets of North Michigan Christian out of McBain made it a nice run this year, winning their District 108 title, uh, taking down some good teams along the way in virtue of that victory, especially some really good teams, um, as you consider from the years past as well, with Manistee Catholic Central, the team that they took down, a really talented team to make it to their Regional 27 semifinal round, where they would eventually fall at the hands of a really good ball club that is still playing on in Maple City Glen Lake. But that's a wrap-up of basketball now, as it's time to get into the debate chair. Concession stand foods are the topics today, and I got my top five that you can get at almost any concession stand at any sport, anytime, anywhere. And obviously some factors to consider consistency, overall flavor, as well as general price, obviously can vary on whichever place you are at, but taking those all into a universal umbrella of consideration will be obviously uh, in due with this list. But number five, starting to write off popcorn sits in at number five. And the reason it's not higher, and I know certainly a lot of people out there are probably saying, what popcorn is the best? It is the best only at certain places. The consistency is a little bit of an issue when it comes to popcorn, and it obviously can be uh, a really good filler snack. It can be something that you can really munch on and kind of avoid having to pay up for some of the higher priced items that might be at the top of my list. But you definitely can see popcorn as being a very universal choice of if you have to make a selection um, and you're not necessarily feeling anything like candy, for example, or you don't want to pay top dollar for a piece of pizza or something in there, you can obviously kind of fill the void with popcorn, universally loved and certainly deserves to be on this list at number five. Number four on the list is the hot dog. Hot dogs are obviously very delicious anytime in the summer. I can go for a ballpark hot dog. I know many of you can as well. The only reason it's not higher on the list is obviously... The hot dog is a little bit of a mood-filling food, right? Obviously, just as mentioned, baseball, softball games, ooh, it hits the spot. But in other sports, it not necessarily hits the same. So it's a little bit more inconsistent and not necessarily in the creation and obviously the grilling of the hot dogs, uh, even though that is kind of a factor, but certainly has a time and a place. And that certainly kind of makes it a little bit more of a not necessarily universally high-ranked food on this list, even though though it should be appreciated because a good hot dog can obviously really fill the void in the stadium seats. Number three, nachos. A little bit different of a vibe as opposed to hot dog and popcorn, but really with those three, you can certainly set up your own concession stand anytime, which I'm sure you're now excited to hear my top two. Um, but nachos is something that um, very customizable. Some people can obviously um, want to have it with cheese. Some people want to have it with salsa. Some people want to have it with both. Hey, even jalapenos if you're a spicy guy. You can have nachos in so many different ways, so it's very universally loved due to that customization, and obviously it really isn't necessarily something that you can mess up, for example. Now, the chips could be a little bit 
stale. Maybe the salsa is a little water heavy. Uh, the cheese might be a little too thick. And there's obviously those little tweaks in there. But overall, if you go to a concession stand and you ask for nachos, you usually get what you ask for. And that's certainly why they're up higher on the list. Pretty much the only thing that could probably uh, knock them down a little bit. It is a little bit of a handsy food. So it is a little messy. And that obviously when you're watching a ball game, you don't want to be worrying about spilling cheese and salsa all over your favorite team's polo that you're wearing to the game supporting your beloved team. Number two on the list. This one is a little more hard to find, but if you can find it, you're certainly going to want it. That's a hamburger. Hamburgers, obviously a little bit bigger as opposed to a hot dog and a little bit more beef when it comes to actually holding it as opposed to a hot dog. But a good hamburger if you get one at a concession stand, you only really need a hamburger and you are filled for the rest of the night. And that's something that really can come about with the pleasure of getting a hamburger uh, at a concession stand. And really anywhere, anytime, outdoor, indoor sports, a hamburger is very consistent um, as far as long as it's not burnt, for example. But usually times not, it's not necessarily the case. But hamburgers, very customizable as well, similar to hot dogs and nachos where you have topping options and there you can and certainly customize it to make it just the way that you want. The number one on my list, I know it's the most expensive most of the time, but it doesn't matter. It's got to be pizza. There's nothing better than going up to the concession stand, getting yourself a slice or two, and just knowing that you're going to be able to enjoy pizza at a football game or a basketball game, a soccer, a baseball game, a wrestling tournament, uh, maybe not necessarily a cross-country or track meet, for example, because, you know, there's kind of healthier options out there. You know, I speak from experience, but pizza still is something that is very nutritious even, um, despite it being a little bit more higher priced. I know it's usually the most highest price on the item, but that's because it is very consistent. You can get the best pizza in town that's ordered to the concession stand more times than not. If you have homemade pizza, that's also a huge flex, by the way. But a pizza easier to handle. Obviously, the grease could be a little bit of a concern, but the flavor is off the charts. The consistency, not necessarily of having the same pizza across the board, but having good pizza. These Obviously, these concession stand people know where to get the best pizza, and that's the ones that they sell. So you're going to get the good pizza at every concession stand. And even though it's a little bit more higher expensive, it is absolutely worth it because just like hamburgers and some of these other foods, it is very filling. So you're only going to need one or two slices. And if not, you you can go up for more or you can share with friends because who doesn't love pizza? I know I'll probably get feedback from that, but that's my list. And obviously you can disagree with my list. You can love my list, but the most important thing, being able to be at a sporting event with friends, having concession stand food and being able to enjoy the pleasure of sports can be the thing that matters most than the actual quality of the food you get. But thank you so much for listening to this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the West Michigan Sports Show so you don't miss out on any new episodes coming up on WBRN as well as on WBRN.com. want to thank all the sponsors that make this show possible. Those include the Macasa Solar Career Center, Mona Macasa Solar Transit Authority, Alter Care Big Rapids, the Schuberg Insurance Agency, Paris Auto Sales and Service of Big Rapids, Quality Car and Truck Repair, and Johnson's Automotive as well as the primary sponsor for this show, the United States Air Force. But thank you, everybody. Signing off, this is Brandon Worth with the West Michigan Sports Show. I wish a great rest of your day, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>